if there's so many bad things going on in the world, how can there be such a loving God? The answer to that is the bad things in this world are not because of God. The bad things are because of us. Right. We're the ones that have rebelled against God. We're making the mess here. Right. It's God's mercy that he would ever come as Jesus right. or that he would ever help at any level. We're blaming all the suffering on God when really the, we're causing we it. We made the mess. Yeah. We're making the mess. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Uncomplicated Podcast. Look at all these questions that have come in. Man, yep. look at all the questions that we've already answered. There's a lot. Look at all these questions that we've already answered. Get out of here. So uh, there's a whole catalog of questions uh, and answers that yep. you can find. Go to YouTube and then I think maybe under playlist or under video, you'll just see them broken down. Because in one episode, we may answer a bunch of questions and you may not see that in the thumbnail. Today's right. goal is what? Rapid fire. Get through as many questions as we possibly can. You guys ready? Rapid fire. Uh, but Let's before go. we do that, if you are watching and uh, our, our heart and the the point of this podcast is to help uncomplicate faith. We help keep it uncomplicated. Yes, keep yeah. it uncomplicated. Yeah. Well, we have complicated it, so we're trying to help right. uncomplicate it because God never intended faith to be complicated. We're complicated, yes. hence the complication. Yes. So anyway, if you um, are on a faith journey or you're interested, we would love to send you a Bible for absolutely free. Go to justicecoleman.com. It looks like this. It is the New Testament, and this one's extra special because Justice wrote... Um, he, he hit some big faith questions that are in the front before the Bible portion starts. And it's just really great if you've got questions about faith. It's simple, it's powerful, and we will send it to you for free. So go to justicecoleman.com. Yeah, I get that question every single week. Where do I start reading the Bible? How do I read the Bible? I'm like, do yep. we put together this Bible for you and we'll yep. give it to you for free to help you with that? So, all right, cool. let's jump into question all right. number one. Question number one, I will read. Is it okay to be cremated according to the Bible? Um, what is cremation and why would somebody ask that question? And it's so funny. I just had this conversation with somebody really? like last week. Well, so. there are pretty much two ways in our culture of uh, burying the dead. One would be burying <laughs> yeah. underground coffin. And then the other one would be cremating, which is the burning of the body into ashes. And then mm -hmm. they put that in an urn. Um and people keep that all sorts of places, or they sometimes people scatter ashes in the ocean yeah. or in a special place that that person loved. Um, so and there's religious kind of reasons, probably, probably why I don't know all of them, but like some people probably feel that you know going in the ground is you know, and some people probably feel the ash 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 being spread out, and then probably financial reasons. Probably one's more expensive than the other. Totally. So yeah, the way the ceremonies that we have when people pass away are precious because mm -hmm. it's how you're choosing to honor their life. Right. And so maybe the person asking this question, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm maybe right. it was, it's, they don't have a, pl a place to bury them. Right. And may, or maybe it makes more sense financially, or maybe they want to do something special with the ashes. Mm -hmm. But the reason why Christians have asked this historically is because we believe that the dead will rise to life with Christ. Correct. So we believe in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Now, can I just nerd out Bible? Can yes, I go to Bible? Please, right? So us. like this question being asked in 21st century. Yeah, dude, in the first century, I mean, graves and where you're buried and how you're buried. It was a huge Why deal. am I saying the first century? All the centuries, yeah. right? I mean, I, I think about even like 
Joseph in the Bible. They carried his bo- his bones back to the land of his fathers. He wanted to be buried in a special place because they believed that. Here's what they would do in Jesus's time. Right. They would they would wrap the body with special linen. They right. would anoint it. We're talking like the hundreds of years. The mummification process yes. was intense. Yes. Yes. And they would they would they would wrap like every arm individually. They would wrap the legs individually. They'd wrap the face. Then they'd wrap the body together and they would anoint it. We're talking like hundreds of yards of linen. And they would put this in a tomb wrapped up and they would leave it there for a year and then they would come back and then they would they would take the bones and they would put the bones like in a box and they had this whole thing. And why would they do all that? Because they because believed. Because they believed that when the resurrection happened in the end times, if your bones were did not set perfectly, mm-hmm. that you would be like bull-legged in the afterlife. Yeah, take care of the bones. Because the same <laughs> bones, you'd have the same bones in your new body. So right? the bones were a really big deal. Yeah, they believed that uh, the resurrection started in Jerusalem. And so the further you're, the farther you're buried from Jerusalem, the last in line you are. You had to wait. Yeah, and so <laughs> a lot of superstition would be, you know, I, if I, I, you know, I, if I get, if I, if I, if I die, you know, a hundred miles from Jerusalem, they would believe that the bodies would have to roll underground all the way to get there, and so it was expensive to be buried in Jerusalem, and it caused a huge problem for widows because people in their old age would move to Jerusalem just so they could die there and be buried there. And then their wives, which are usually younger, were left. And so the early church was left with a lot of religious people moving to Jerusalem, dying, and then their widows being there for them to take care of. Way more information than you asked for. <laughs> Way more information. But Everyone's no, shaking their head like nobody story. cares. No, nobody I, cares. I enjoy it. I, um, <laughs> because I think it does give context to where some yes. of the questioning yeah comes from because i've heard you know we grew up in church our whole lives like oh you don't get cremated but why you know what i mean that, oh you heard that i never kind, heard that you no know, totally i feel like even maybe like family members is like oh we don't get cremated and i was like but why and like no one ever had an answer well because i think know? because you feel like you burned up that body that god gave you and so what body are you going to have if you burned it up i don't know i don't even but, know if they knew where it came from it was just like a thing that got passed down over time I'm I'm in my uh, fifth year of Bible school or sixth you year. You say sixth that. Year? Say you graduated from Bible college because then it just sounds like you prolonged <laughs> Bible college. And then I'm giving it another go. He's getting I'm still his trying, masters guys. on. Yeah, I'm in a three years master's program. There you go. It's a really uh, uh, Dr. <laughs> Gary Bashirs has been on our podcast a number yes. of times. He is a theologian, a scholar, a genius. And I a actually got to man. talk to him about this, and he said yes, understandably. Christians and people of faith for generations have had this question, but you know, if basically if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can give you a new body. So I wouldn't worry about being cremated or how you're buried. I don't think that the the process of how your body and that that the, the ceremony surrounding your death has to do with how you lived your life before you die. Right. How you lived your life before you die and your faith in Christ is what has to, you know, that that's going to be the difference. And so um you're going to, you can get your, God can take those ashes and turn them back into a body for you. That's how that works. So, but great question. Yeah. But I wouldn't worry about that. I wouldn't worry about, uh, I would just worry about, you know, the, the, the question is how do I honor this life? Yeah. Well, how do I honor this life? Well, and yep. that's a great question because life is the most sacred thing in the world and how you honor that life. I think is, I think that is very important to, to just disregard it or not do a ceremony, uh, would be a bummer. You know, that would be to say that life wasn't important. And yeah. so, there you go. Next question. Why are there different? Okay, I'm going to read this question, and I just preface, why are we going so fast to these questions? And 
what usually happens when we go too fast? So the reason we're we're going so fast is because we really do want to get through all the questions that have come in. Yeah. Um. So that's why all the good um, ones. The preface. All the good ones. <laughs> Even the bad ones. No. Uh, I, uh, there's some wild. There's some random questions in there. I don't put in here. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why do we? Why do you guys we? see what I deal with twenty four seven? No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, and we want to preface that with: if you feel like we're zipping through your questions, we have not um, prepared more than you know, in our, our study of the word of God, but yeah. not for these questions. And so I know there's been questions that have come in that people have DM'd us or, or written in and said like, Hey, I don't feel like you spent enough time. That was like a weighty topic. And yeah. so obviously you're asking a question because it's weighty to you. Or and you then blew there my are, question off, you know? Yeah. Um, and so if that happens, we would encourage you ask it again and say like, we need a longer answer. So we know, but we're doing our best, um, with the knowledge that we have without preparing, um, on rapid fire ones. There might be some podcasts that are a little bit different, but, um, here we go. Why are there different Christian church denominations? Okay. What's a denomination? A denomination is an organization that holds to the same theology. Yes. And so, um, there are, I, I don't have the number. I'm going to throw out a number that I think I heard, but it was like over 300 or maybe even more different Christian denominations. 30,000. Oh, well, <laughs> There's over I was 30, off, Christian I was off by a, yes. multiply that by 10,000 yeah. or what a thousand. I yeah. I mean, anyway. <laughs> and a lot of people look at the different denominations. What are they? You know, Baptist, Southern Baptist, Presbyterian, oh, yeah, Methodist. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, the church is not united. Everybody should be on the same page, you know, and all should be. And um, I don't know about that. Like, I, of course, we want the church to be united. But I mean, there's a variety of churches for, for a variety of people. people, different strokes for different folks, yeah. as it says in First Hesitations in the Bible. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so there's emphasis on certain things or certain denominations that value things more than others, certain particulars and distinctives. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, I think the body of Christ is huge and beautiful and billions of people. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's something great about that. Um, the question is why are there different ones? Because there's different emphases. Emphasis, emphasize, <laughs> different emphasize <laughs> uh, on things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, maybe the particulars of the interpretation of what the Bible says mm-hmm. is probably the number one reason. Different convictions. Why? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, the, at the end of the day, what makes you a, a Christian is is the belief in the resurrection and your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know that's that's what holds us together. You know, I would go so far as to even say that there's a lot of 30,000 different Protestant denominations, but I even see the Catholic, uh, I even see my Catholic brothers and sisters as extended family too. And some people 500 years ago, there was a reformation that kind of made this really gnarly divide. And I, I I believe there's a time coming when that divide is going to get less and less divided. I think I think the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, is going to hold everybody together. Right now, I think because there's so many Christians, Catholic and and Protestant around the world, that you can have a variation of different stuff. But I think as times get tougher and persecution gets stronger, and has and ha, and we become more the minority in the world, I think it's going to bring us together 
you know, more than ever. And yeah. so, good. Uh, yeah, why are there different one, Christian denominations? Because people were reading, people are interpreting the Bible slightly different in particular parts, but the no one's interpreting the resurrection or who Jesus is differently. And denominations. That would make it, it that would put you in a cult category or in a, in a, in a heresy category. Yeah. Denominations too, a lot of, I mean, the primary thing is a, a central theology, mm-hmm. but it's also like an organization that helps oversee churches and make mm-hmm. sure that they're healthy and they're doing well. So we're uh, part of a denomination that's like a hundred thousand churches around the world. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rad. So we all put in money too. And that like helps with disaster relief and church planting and missions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All sorts of cool stuff. So you, you have a big pot, you it's know, like everybody's, everybody's putting yeah. into it's like denominations are like little tribes and big one, big tribe, mm-hmm. right? The big T tribe would be the church of God. Little T tribes would be the denomination. So yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great that we have all these different options for people because who wants to go to the same flavor, you know, different flavors. So, so yeah. people are more into. We cer- like one hour flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some churches yeah. are three hours long, you know. Yeah, some churches, you know, some denominations, it's like you, they don't, they don't do music the same. They do, right. uh, we just do hu- hymns and we don't do live music right. because we feel like that's not biblical or, or it's distracting and like would understand why they would. And then we're like, no, nah, we're trying to go full rock concert every week, you know, because give we, me more haste. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So, all right. Um, what is the difference between religion and a relationship with God? Great question. That's a great question. What would you say? What's a religion, babe? A religion is a system that gets you to God. Okay. So if you do X, Y, and Z, that system will get you to God. Mm-hmm. That's what a religion says. Religion, uh, been around for, since the world, since, since cavemen would see the sun go up and they would realize that the sun they needed to give them light and protection and for their crops. And then they realized that there was rain and then they realized some, they had to do something, you know, how, how do we get rain? How do we get the sun? And maybe if I do this dance, it'll rain more. Or maybe if I give the sacrifice, uh, you know, the harvest will be better this year. And so there's always been a way that man has been trying to get God's favor. There's always been a sense that man has done something wrong against the moral uh, guides that are already right. on our heart. So maybe God's angry at us or maybe disappointed or We've maybe he's punished. the gods. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The gods is more likely. It's yes. always been, it's really been <laughs> predominantly polytheistic, you Correct. know, like multiple gods, you know? Yeah. Um, and so there's always been religion. There's mm-hmm. always been religion. Uh, always been this sense that we are the created beings by a creator and God's involvement. Maybe we could control that. So your words were, you know, what we do to get to God. Every man has wanted to ascend to God, to be in the heavens, to be, a, you know, be away from a broken world and in a perfect world, right? So the problem with that is what we've seen over... Uh, thousands of years, uh, is there's no real way to get to God. Nobody's ever gone to God and come back and been like, hey, here's what it's like. (laughs) Hey, I just did a visit to heaven because I did all these things right, or I didn't do all these things, or I jumped through all these hoops. Mm -hmm. And so there's nobody that has ever gone to heaven and come back. Jesus is famous for saying, if you want to know about heaven, ask the one who's been there. That's me, Mm. right? So Jesus goes, "I I have come from heaven, so I can tell you. Jesus is the only one who can say that. Yeah. So, and what Jesus teaches, if you're new to this podcast, is that 
no religion works at all, that there is no way to get to God, that I don't care what holy man stands there and tells you if you say these things or do these things, you can get to God, or if you do these process, you can reach this state of transcendence. There is no way to get to God. No one's ever been there and come back Mm -hmm. and done that. The only way you can be with God is if God comes to us. That's it. No way to get to him. He has to come to us. This is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus, who was in heaven, he created all things. He's the Christ. He spoke everything into existence. The Bible says he is the visible picture of the invisible God. Jesus is the son of God, meaning he is on earth, you know, surrendering to his father, showing us what it looks like, but 100% God, not half God. Son of God does not mean half God. That would be Hercules, okay? Jesus is not Hercules. That's a different religion. That's a different myth. Jesus is the historical visit incarnation right. of God. God put on human flesh, came to us, shows us what love looks like, shows us what life is supposed to be like, shows us what purpose is, shows us how to, you know, and that's why we say, you know, faith was never intended to be comp- complicated because there's nothing complicated about Jesus. God comes, shows us what it's like, and saves us, rescues us, dies for us, and all of us who are in him will be with God. We get to know him now and forever. So anyways. But that was made possible because of Jesus. Yeah. His life, his death, and his resurrection. And I think what's important is that, uh, that we understand is that if someone else died for you, that wouldn't have. Correct. That wouldn't have done anything. Right. Because they're human. Right. It had to be God uh, that did that, that would actually absorb, take care of our sin problem. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Yeah. Yeah, because in ancient times, are the gods angry at us? That's a great question to ask. Mm-hmm. You live in rebellion. We're not living in our world. We're living in his world. Yeah. This is not our world. This is his. It belongs to him. So if we're hurting people, we're not just hurting random people. We're hurting people that belong to God. So, of course, there should be something in us that goes that triggers, like, is God angry at me, whatever. And then Jesus comes to satisfy the wrath of God, to show us that, like, listen, you have every reason to be afraid of God because you've, you've been working against him. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. He wants you to be loved by him and know him. know him. And so he gave his only son so that you would know just how valuable you are to him and how much you mean to him. So, um, yeah, what's the difference between religion and relationship? Religion is a system of rules. It's an organization of, of do's and do nots. It's the to A, B, and C's to, God. Yeah. to get to God. Relationship is the God who loves you so much that he comes to you knowing that you would never be able to get to him. And wants you to know him. Yeah. yeah. So it could be said that Jesus Good came news. to put to end all religion. Jesus came to end all religion. God's not interested in us running around in circles to try to make him happy. Yeah. He wants us to live in peace, and he wants us to know him. Yeah. You know? And he wants us to, he doesn't want you to have that anxiety about if God's angry at you or not. He wants you to know him, and uh, that's possible through a relationship. Huge difference between religion and relationship. Huge. Huge difference. All right. Next question. Um, as a Christian, can we forgive infidelity and stay in the relationship? Wow. That's a heavy one. I wonder how many people have asked this question. As a Christian, can we forgive infidelity? What's infidelity? And what, is they, what do they mean, stay in a relationship? What advice would you give to somebody? Who, let's, say, let's say boyfriend and girlfriend. They're, let's say they're 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And this dude has been uh, cheating on her. 
and he didn't come out and tell her, she found out. He got caught. Yeah. What would you do? I'd say, run for the hills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I would say advice that I always give people is what would you tell your child if they were in that situation? Yes, that's what I was thinking. So if there was a girl and she's like, should I stay with him? I love him so much. He's cheated on me five times, but I just love him. Yeah. I would say, well, if you had a daughter. Yeah. And she was in this relationship and her, she, her heart get, was going through a wood chipper over and over and over again. And there was a guy that had perpetual behavior yeah. that was not yeah. putting her first. Yeah. You're on your best behavior, guys, when you're dating. Yeah. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you and know it only I mean? gets harder. It when you're only married. gets harder when you're married, and so um, I would ask her that question. And every time I've asked someone that question, they give me the same answer. Well, I tell her to get out of that. Yeah. Well, so that's what I'm going to tell you. I was talking to a guy recently, uh, and he was telling me about some awful things he had done, and he's like, "Pray that my wife and I get back together." And um, I said, um, "If you were her dad, would you want her, her to get back together with you?" And he looked at me like, I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? You just yeah. told me all this stuff that you've done. Like, you got a journey of building trust again. Yeah. Like, if I was right here with her, do you think I'd be like, oh, yeah, forgive him and get back together? I'd be like, forgive him and protect your family from you. You know, <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's true. Now, as a Christian, can we forgive infidelity? Dude, I think it's the third marriage this last month. Mm. of couples that I know that were actually divorced that have gotten back together with Christ. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. God can heal your heart and with godly marriage counseling and with the right people around you, your family does not have to be destroyed because of infidelity. At the same time, Jesus speaks clearly about this in Matthew chapter five and six, that this is how you kill a marriage. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Next one. So can you forgive? Yes. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, whether you're dating or married, it's possible. Hit this one. All right. Next question. God keeps making me suffer. Did I do something wrong? I've asked for forgiveness, but nothing. Okay. So. Such a good question. Does God make people suffer? That's one question. Two. When bad things happen in our life, is that because God's causing them? Three, does God sometimes allow us to go through tough things on purpose? Four, does God sometimes test us to help us grow? I need to write these down. I'm just just rallying these off right now. (laughs) I don't know if God's causing you to suffer. I think that if you're a Christian, especially, you got to make sure you understand that your faith is a relationship with a father. God's your father, you're his son, you're his daughter. I would never want my daughter or son to suffer on purpose for kicks and giggles. Okay. It says in Hebrews that Jesus, the son learned obedience through suffering. I'm not saying God doesn't allow suffering. God does allow suffering. That's 100% true. Look at all the things Jesus went through. Jesus was betrayed by his closest friend. Mm -hmm. If God would let Jesus get betrayed, he'd probably let you get betrayed. Okay. His family turned their back on him. If God would allow that to happen to Jesus, he'd probably allow it to happen to you. He uh, was, um, he, he was, he lost his best friend yeah. uh, and had to grieve as his best friend, John the Baptist, was murdered. Was, was murdered. Uh, he was mocked. He had 
things said about him. He was, he went through the ringer. Uh, so does suffering happen? Yes. Does God allow that to happen? Yes. Is he doing it as punishment to you? That's the different question. If you believe in the cross, then you believe that Jesus took all the punishment that we would ever need on himself. God does not need to punish you and punish Jesus. If God punished Jesus for everything that's been done wrong, that you've done wrong, he doesn't need to add everything that Jesus received on the cross was enough. The cross doesn't need, your life doesn't need the punishment of the cross plus some you to also get in a car wreck or you to also lose your job or you to yeah. also have that girl break up with you. Yeah. So I would be careful ascribing punishment in your life to suffering. I think suffering is real thing. Second thing is testing. What's testing? Testing is life. I mean, yes. we have good days and we have awful days and we have good seasons and we have awful seasons. Yes. And just because you're going through something hard isn't because God is causing it, it is because we live in a broken world and life happens. And so, so many times I think when we're in hard places, we want to say like, why is God causing this? And it is maybe the repercussions of our own sin, our own mistakes, our own mess ups, or it could just be life. We live in a broken world and bad things happen. And, uh, Yeah, I was uh, uh, at the gym recently with a friend of mine who uh, practices a different faith, and he was telling me as we were working out, he's like the, he's telling me about everything that's going on in Iran, and he's been just saying, why hasn't God sent another prophet mm. to fix all this? And that's that's the thing. He's saying there's so much suffering in the world. Why would God let that happen? And his yeah. barrier to faith is like, if there's so many bad things going on in the world, how can there be such a loving God? But I think the answer to that is the bad things in this world are not because of God. The bad things are because of us. Right. And that's what I explained to him. Like, we're the ones that have rebelled against God. We're making the mess here. Right. You know, so it's in, it's God's mercy that he would ever come as Jesus. Right. Or that he would ever help at any level but because we're the ones that have made the mess. We're blaming all the suffering on God when really the, we're causing we it. made the mess. Yeah. We're making the mess. Well, also God gives us free will. And so when you think about a God that has given us free will, if we were all robots and puppets, everything would be controlled but yeah. god and his love and grace said like i'm going to give people a will to choose me or not yeah. or you know we we have the ability to make good decisions or bad decisions yeah, the fact so- that god doesn't hate us and just smi- and just smoke us is ridiculous <laughs> he stands here just loving us with open arms waiting for us to love him back yeah it's ridiculous um he's so merciful he's so compassionate exodus 34 is the first time god ever describes himself uh, and he describes himself to Moses and he says, I'm slow to anger and I'm compassionate. The first okay. thing God wants you to know, slow to anger. doesn't say he doesn't get angry. He just says the wick to that dynamite is really long. Mm. I'm slow to anger and I'm compassionate. That's what yeah. he wants us to know. That's the first way he describes himself. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, in answer to your question, could it be testing? Uh, you're saying God, I've asked for your forgiveness. Could it be testing? I mean, God tested Jesus. He sent him into the wilderness. Uh, to face the devil in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4 and all the Gospels because he's saying, like, hey, he wanted Jesus to see, you know, right. uh, how strong. You, you, I, I think I think the best way of testing to be looked at is, yeah. is God doesn't test you so that you will fail. It's good. Right? If God is testing you, it's so that you will win. Mm-hmm. He's showing you that you are stronger than you used to be. You're not the same person you used to be. And so sometimes challenges come in our life as a gift of God so that when we overcome them, we're like, yes, we overcame that challenge. Look yeah. at how far I've come. And so my prayer for you would just be like, hey, maybe 
ask the Holy Spirit to discern. Is this just a, a trial from life? Is this testing going on where God's on my side? Um, you know, is it, you know, is it some pruning? Is God removing some things in my life that I don't want, but I wouldn't have removed them on my own, but he cares about me enough to get some stuff out of my life and pruning sucks. Is it, is it discipline? Is it God correcting you? You know, but it wouldn't be punishment. It would be correction to help you. All right. On to the next one. It's a good question. Women preaching women as pastors or leaders in the church. Oh my gosh, I want to answer this, but I kind of feel like we should like do a do a longer one on it. Yes. Yeah. What do you I've think? It's doing, up to you. I think we should do a longer one. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be a good one. We'll save that maybe uh, next week. Okay, cool. Because I have a friend who does not come to church because of the answer to this question that she got. Oh. And so totally. I've we've had yeah. people leave our church because of yeah, their so, their specific convictions. <laughs> short answer. Maria preaches alongside <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> but why? Because there's, but we want to give you the biblical who, answer. People because who go, hey, doesn't the Bible say this? So let's get a longer answer. Yeah, that's answer a longer one. And this one. We'll save it right there. Why do I feel like God created men to be above women? I think that can go right with this one. This will be a good women right. in ministry, women in... Why do you feel like that? Yeah, I kind of want to answer that. You want to do it? I'll just say this. I'll just say that there is no verse in the entire Bible that says that a woman should be submitted to a man simply because she's a woman and he's a man. It's not in there. That's right. not taught. Well, and I think the that, equality of men and women yes. is in the first page of scripture. God created us both in the image of God. Mm-hmm. That is definitely not in there. Now, husband wife relationship. There's some distinctive stuff there. There's like five total verses about it. Maybe we can get into it. But well, we there is there. no. There is yeah, no thing mankind that says a woman actually in the be, word. He says mankind, which isn't specific to a gender no, he says i created a male and female right but that isn't till after uh save it save it for anyway, this save it for the whole thing good. there's there's a lot there's somebody who's like searching that yes. and they need a whole talk. and we want to give you the the biblical references for that but in case you just need the short answer uh men and women are equal both made in the image of god and there is no verse that says a woman yes. is supposed to be subject to a man simply because of gender. Okay. How can you help someone that has pushed God away? How can you help someone that has pushed God away? Have we answered this before? I feel like we might, but I think it's a good one. So we'll give it another another go. Um, there's a reason that that person has pushed God away. Um. My guess is there's <laughs> some pain involved, some heartbreak involved. Uh, there's a reason. And I think um, you being Jesus to them and not shoving it down their throat is going to be the greatest example of beckoning because it says get that, practical. that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance and we get to be an extension yes. of God's love. Yes. And so um, kindness I mean, people gravitate towards that. Yes. So continue to be kind, continue to pray for the person that you care about that's in your life that is pushing God away. But it is, uh, yeah. That's their right. They get to push God away if they want. God's given them free will. I know your heart's breaking for them. Yeah. But what Maria is saying is the best advice we can give. Be kind. Don't be judgmental. Be there when they need you. Um, and pray for them. Prayer changes things. There's a lot of people in our life who we never thought would ever put their faith in Christ, and they all came around. I think it's because of years of praying, and I think it's because when they went through hard times, 
we were the phone calls they made. Yeah. You know, and be a um, person that they know that they can come to you. Life is hard. And if for prayer and when things go bad, that you will be there because, and, and you're there because Jesus has transformed you into that person. So here we go. Together for 10 years, two kids, woman wants to get married, but man is dragging his feet. Should you stay? Love this question. <laughs> I'll let you hit it. Love though. this question. 10 years. Been together for A 10 decade. years, but not getting married. So who do you think's asking this, the man or the woman? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I, I mean, you're quick to say that this is uh, the, the woman asking this question. But Well, it's kind of phrased that way. Kind woman of. wants to get married. No. But man dragging feet. No. Oh, it does say but yeah. man dragging feet. Okay. Should you stay? Gotcha. Here's the question. So so go. maybe, and I'm just going to create a hi- hi- hypothetical yes, scenario, scenario here mm-hmm. because I, I don't want you to accident. I, I want to kind of give the biblical advice or my perspective on this hypothetical scenario. Yes. Because obviously you guys love each other. Mm-hmm. You have kids together. 10 years. You have a home. A decade. You have basically, you have a family even though it's not under the... In, in inside the protect the biblical the okay why is why is marriage such a big deal to christians because god invented marriage yeah marriage is his idea sacred okay so in the world they don't marriage is whatever the world says it is and i am quick i don't want to be i don't want to say hey you should see marriage the way that i see marriage and you should live at a standard that i'm saying that my father has helped me to mm-hmm. because marriage means different things to different people right uh, marriage in the world is a promise to each other. Marriage in our faith is a promise to God for each other. It's, it's, a, it's, it's drastically different. Yeah. My friends who are in this situation, what do they say? Why do I need to get married? I don't need a piece of paper. Yeah. I, why do I need to go- tell the government, tell me what to do? Exactly. It's about the government. It's about mm-hmm. a, a document. You it's know? about authority. <laughs> and I can kind of see how that spoils it to them a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. all of a sudden now it's like, I'm marrying you because I have to, not because I love you. And and I love uh, you. I'm committed. I'm faithful. Totally, totally. The way you say it makes it sound like <laughs> I've heard it before. I've heard it before. Not from you, but oof, in I mean, how old are these kids, man? These kids. I don't know. They've been together ten years. They could be nine. They could be eight. They could be little. They could be. I have a friend of mine who was telling me about some big life changes he needed to make the other day, and I was like, "Bro, you need to marry this girl you're living with." He's like, "You're right. I do." I'm like, why aren't you? He's like, oh, because of money and because of this. And I was like, you guys have a kid together? I said, I said, don't you want your son? Like, yeah, he goes, actually, my son said that. He goes, dad, why can't mom have our last name? That's what he told me. <laughs> oh, that just like yeah. stabbed to the heart. Yeah, man. Um, but at the same time, I can't tell this guy how to live his life if he's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. If you are a Christian living with your, you know, girlfriend and having kids if you are a Christian, the right move is to marry her because you, you, that your job is to lay down your life for that family. You need to just courageously, you know, you, you got to make that, you got to make that commitment to that, you know, it's a get on board or get off situation. You're, you're really kind of pretending to be married. You're getting the benefits of married, married, you're sleeping with her, you're, you know, but you're not married. So you, you, you really need to, you need to pull the trigger, honor God, and you need to also repent for, you know, living living in sexual immorality and, you know, doing it your way instead of God's way. 
and then move forward. You yeah. know, that's really what you need to do. Do the, do the whole thing, you know, just have a, a reset and start over, you know, if, if, and but the, the advice to the girl, to the oh, girl, I'm going to, yeah. I'll interject just cause it sounds a little softer probably coming yeah. from me. <laughs> um, I think the question you want to ask yourself is how do I put God first? Mm-hmm. Because that's always going to yeah. be the answer that you maybe not want to take, but need to take. And so in your life, you are, you are not, you do not have a covenant with this person. I know there's kids involved and that probably makes it so much harder, but how do you live a life for Jesus? Because, um, right now you're living a life for him. Yeah. You know, it's true. And, and you're, you're putting your boyfriend before Jesus Mm -hmm. and your kids are saying that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know, my, my greatest desire is that my kids would follow Jesus, um, to the ends of the earth, like that they would, uh, always put him first in their life and you're their mom. Yeah. They're going to see your example. Um, and so, I mean, this is a really, really, really tough situation. It doesn't say that she's a Christian though. No. And so we're assuming that if you're a Christian, put God first, you know, you want to get married because people want to get married, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it seems, it tends to be, I know this is a general, generalization, that women want to get married more than guys want to get married. Totally. Uh, you know, ladies. You, you dream of your wedding. Yeah. You play bride as a little girl. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. a thing. And I think men want to be fathers, but not necessarily getting locked into one relationship necess- probably feels a little kind of anti you know it's a little for some guys it's just like the last thing on earth they want to do you know um so it's a real big deal when a man marries a woman because he's saying i'm choosing you over everybody else and i'm you know not that it's not a bigger deal than it is for women but it is a big deal for men to do that and and guys don't dream of their wedding yeah it's become more and more permissible for people to live together and have kids and, and 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 to have a family but not have a marriage and you know if you're a Christian and you wrote this question, what Maria is saying is you need to choose Jesus over this boyfriend. And that's the thing. Do you love him more or do you love God more? And that sounds so dramatic, but you have the rest of your life ahead of you. God has got great things for you. But if you don't, if you don't have the faith to make this decision, you won't, have, you will, you won't see the best that God has for your life. Am I saying that delicately enough? Yeah, you are. Man, God loves you and he's for you. And I know it's it's been 10 years and you feel like that you've waste, you're going to have wasted 10 years and that's the father of your kids and all that. But at the end of the day, you can't live with your boyfriend and keep sleeping with him and keep acting like he's your husband when he's not and think that God's okay with that and that you're being or being a good example to your kids when God has so much more for you. You do need to have the faith to do it his way. I'm telling you that if you're a Christian. Yeah. If you're not a Christian, I would say probably the same thing because it's been <laughs> 10 years. I'm trying to be, I'm, you know what yeah. I mean? It's been 10 years. It's delicate. It's pers- I mean, this is real. This is someone, it's real life right now. This yeah. is, you know, a decade of their life has been dedicated to a person that they feel like don't doesn't want to commit back to them. So whether they're a follower of Jesus or not, that's painful. Yeah. So yeah. probably not the thing you wanted to hear, yeah. but... Maybe you, maybe you already know that, and that's why you wrote this question. So God's got great things for you mm-hmm. and for your kids, 
and uh, it's not too late to see it, something awesome happen. Totally. Here, you know. So, why don't you? What were the questions? Pray for the pray for the people who ask these Let's questions. See. Lord, we we pray for the person who asked about cremation. Lord, we pray that you would help guide them in this in a way that honors this life. Thank you so much for giving us life. We pray that it would be handled in a way that points people to you. And God, I pray for the person that wrote a question about them suffering. They feel like they're just in a season of suffering. God, I pray that your grace would meet them. I pray that they would uh, just be awakened to the fact that the gospel is that you are with us in all things. It doesn't mean everything's going to be great, but that you're with us. And so I pray that they sense your presence guiding them and comforting them and with them in it. This question that was asked about different Christian denominations, Lord, we pray that they would find a comfort in knowing you as their Lord and Savior and that they wouldn't be unnecessarily distracted by all the variations out there, but they would see the beauty in the body of Christ and they would they would worship a big God and they would have a humility that we don't have we don't have it all figured out. We don't know which is the right one. And God, I pray for the person that asked a question about helping someone that has pushed you away. I pray for their friend or their family member that is going the opposite direction of you. I pray that you would meet them. Um, in a powerful way, but I also pray for the person that asked the question, that you would comfort their heart, that you would give them hope for uh, their friend, that you would give them a tenacity to contend for their friend, and that they would be love and kindness to this person, an extension of you. We pray for the person asking about religion and relationship. We pray that they would know you sincerely, Lord. We we think about your word, and I think it's Matthew 7 or 8, where we stand before you at the end and you say, I either knew you or I didn't know you. And Lord, I ask that they would know you and they would sense a closeness with you. Lord, we thank you for your promise that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And God, I pray for the person, the the woman that is just at a crossroads in her life with her family and her relationship and, and following you. I pray um, for faith in this situation. I pray that you'd be with her. I pray that she would know that with you, the best really is yet to come and that you would give her the faith to make decisions that put you first. Thanks for submitting all these questions. We love them. Thanks for the encouragement, for subscribing, for sharing, for commenting.